Coming up today on the Locked On Hornets podcast, I have not been able to give my Terry Rozier Charlotte Hornets time eulogy. I've been dying all week to do that. I'll do it today and discuss a possible Miles Bridges return next year and how much is new ownership involved. That's all today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your number one listen. We are free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that includes YouTube. You can find me on Twitter, at Walker Mail. You can also listen to me on WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m., 92.7 FM, that is. And you can check out Doug, usually my co-host, not today. I'm flying solo, but you can check out his work on his Substack everyhornetsboxscore.com you can also follow him on twitter that's if you aren't already blocked yet i know a lot of people have expressed that to me but if you aren't you should go check him out he's funny sometimes doug branson at uh at doug branson loh you can follow him there and so yeah you might be able to find some of his terry rogier thoughts you probably heard a little bit of mine on locked on with doug where we're going back and forth he played you the clip that I had when I was doing the Terry analysis from the studio because I was already at the studio about to hop on for Wes and Walker when this news came in and then we had to scramble doing a lot of throwing away the rundown just like I had to do today in order to talk more about Dave Canales. That news broke at 12 when the Carolina Panthers, they decided to hire their new coach right then and there. Same thing happened with Terry, just breaking news all over the place. And so I hopped on with Doug, and we really talked more about the trade itself. And I was also talking with Ryan Blackburn of the Alley Oop podcast, and he was asking me if I liked it or if I felt like the trade was necessary. And I was trying to wrestle in my mind just how I thought about it. Like, how much do I really like this trade? I understand it. I've talked about how necessary I do think it is at this point in time, but I don't know if I can tell you that I really like it all that much because of the way that Terry Rozier had played here recently. And I'm sure if anybody that's been listening to this podcast for, I don't even know how many years now, probably two, three years, you can probably catch a lot of my criticism on Terry Rozier as a player. the, The biggest criticism that... I threw Terry's way was really about the contract, which of course I'm all in favor of a player getting as much money as possible. But from the Charlotte Hornets standpoint, when they paid him that second deal, I didn't think that was a great move for this team as constructed. And I did have criticism for Mitch Kupchak. I did have criticism for this current iteration of the organization, the Mitch Kupchak regime. But man, it's been a weird time watching Terry because all he's done has been adapt to whatever role has been asked of him, play quite a bit of games. He's not been the most Iron Man of all the players. That's probably reserved for PJ, considering the LaMelo, Miles, Terry, Gordon core. But Terry's probably second on that list, if you count Miles Bridges being suspended all last year, LaMelo having the ankle injuries, Gordon having a bunch of injuries. Terry's been out there more often than those guys have. And you can see, you continue to see him get better and better. And that's why I tip my cap to Terry Rozier. And that's why it is hard to see him go. 
it's it was a weird relationship almost <laughs> as a Hornets fan watching him and seeing how the Hornets operated. But I can't help but think back to when he was brought to the Charlotte Hornets organization. I'll, I'm going to do this again, by the way. If you listen to this on Wesson Walker, people were accusing me of, damn, Walker, are you about to cry? Like, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep it together. I, I don't mean to be too dramatic about this, but man, this is what we got. We're Hornets fans, man. Like, this is what we have. Guys come into our lives for 300 games. They don't get to the postseason, but they give us something to cheer for. They bridge that gap between Kimba Walker and LaMelo and even help out when LaMelo's out. Like, this is what we have. So I can't help but think about when they traded for Terry Rozier, and so many people joked about, oh, it's, it's really a trade, quote-unquote. Really, you lost Kimba for essentially nothing, getting Terry in return. It's not really a trade. And Terry comes in and really helps out right away and plays better than what he did in Boston. And I remember talking a little bit more about this with Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders at the time. And he was adamant that, hey, when you check out Terry Rozier and his numbers in the starting lineup with Boston, not coming off the bench, but when he starts, Terry's a lot better player. And I think that was true when you first saw him here in a Hornets uniform, he had never shot over 40% in the first four years of his career, and he never shot under 42% in any season here with the Charlotte Hornets. So right away, his efficiency went up, and his three-point efficiency was at 40%, I believe, the first season here in Charlotte. And I think with Terry coming over here, with the idea in mind that he was going to be a point guard, and then... Not only was he thinking he was going to fill that point guard role while Kimba gets traded to Boston, but Devontae Graham starts to emerge. Think about Devontae Graham having averaged four points per game his rookie season. Devontae then shoots up to 18 points per game. His second season, Devontae Graham's second season, the first game against Chicago, that's the game that P.J. went for 27 points, hit seven three-pointers in his first ever game. Devontae also went for over 20. He went for over 20 on back-to-back nights. So here's Terry thinking he's going to be starting point guard. Devontae comes out balling, like most improved player of the year award type balling. And Devontae's in the starting lineup after the first 10 games of the regular season. So now Terry has to move to an off-ball role again when he thought it was going to be his team. But if you go back and you read some of the great work from the late great Rick Bennell, who you know how much I you know you know how much I feel about him. He's amazing and he documented everything that Terry sacrificed in order to be better for the team. And Terry not only was he okay with Devontae coming into the starting lineup, you can go back to the Charlotte Observer and read some of those articles, and Terry was championing it. He was saying Devontae Graham should be a part of the starting lineup because of the way that he's playing. And I also think of Rick when I hear what he was advised or what he was told by other writers that had covered Terry before. And people in Boston were telling Rick, hey, get ready. He's a little bit of a malcontent, just a little bit. He's going to be frustrated. He's probably going to be a little moody. So get ready for that. And Rick was ready, as he always was. He was always prepared for that kind of thing. And then after the first month or so, I remember talking to him on this podcast, Tuesdays with Rick. He said, that's not true. It's just not true. 
It's not been my experience. And he developed a little bit of a relationship with Terry. You know, he he liked talking to Terry Rozier about basketball. He and, and you know Rick man, he he loved the game. He did love the Charlotte Hornets despite only experiencing pain while covering them. Except he didn't experience pain while covering Terry Rozier and Terry was always more open with somebody like Rick. And speaking of him being open, I, I thought during that message to the Charlotte Hornets fans that he gave on social media, he's like, you guys know how I keep it. I keep it real. I'm cursing all the time. Like, it was funny. You you got the true sense of who Terry was. There was zero filter on that guy. When, honestly, there should have been because of FCC regulations. Like, he tried to get us fined a couple of times. That's just how it was. But Terry's cursing, that was the only problem with Terry. And then... So you have the Devontae Graham thing to show you how much of a leader he wanted to be. Even go, talking about some of those articles and those write-ups, he talked a lot about how he needed to be more of a vocal leader as even a younger player. We're talking, what, like 25 years old at the time? He was still one of the older guys before you trade for Gordon Hayward. Remember, you're talking about that Dwayne Bacon-led team. So Dwayne Bacon, he's a part of the starting lineup there. Devontae Graham, Jalen McDaniels. Uh, you have so many young players on that squad. Terry had to be that leader. And then, so then we transition into, all right, Devonte Graham's here. Now I got to share the backcourt with LaMelo, which, okay. Like part of this is, Oh, boo hoo. Like Terry Rozier has to share the backcourt with what is a fantastic player. But yeah, this guy getting his role changed quite a bit. I could understand how that might be frustrating, but even the LaMelo stands who can't stand Terry Rozier, who are happy about him being away from this team, the LaMelo stands, like Terry is actually one of you. <laughs> that, that's the, the ironic part in all of this. It's the fact that the very guy that LaMelo stands wanted away from the team, that guy, was also a LaMelo stand. He even said it in this message back to the Charlotte Hornets. He said, actually, it's hilarious. He said, I'm the hugest fan of LaMelo. That's all he did, man. That's all he did was champion all these other players on the roster, whether it's LaMelo, whether it's Devontae, you know, whether it's continue to battle, whether it was continuing to get better, like breaking the notion that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Terry Rozier was that dog, okay? And that's why everybody that had this opinion about Terry knew he would be perfect for heat culture. Even if I cringe a little bit saying it, we know that he would be the perfect Charlotte Hornets player to make that transition. And think about this team's reputation. Last thing I'll say, the reputation is terrible. And we know that, and it's confirmed constantly by what national NBA pundits think about this organization, but it's also confirmed by the players. We all remember the joke, not so joke from Jason Tatum, but we all remember Jason Tatum speaking to campers, saying they needed to bring it every single night. Just because you're playing the Charlotte Hornets on a Monday on NBA League Pass doesn't mean that you can just mail it in. Somebody paid tickets to go see you play. And of course, the Hornets are the example of just peak indifference. Oh, who cares? <laughs> That's Jason Tatum's peak indifference example. Of course, the Hornets would beat him. But Jason Tatum had the Hornets in his mind as having that reputation. We just saw it again today. DeMar DeRozan was talking about Kyle Lowry being traded to the Charlotte Hornets. And he said how frustrated and how, 
I, just all the negative emotions Kyle Lowry had. Said, How, how's he feeling? And DeMar said, yeah, you know, he was, I don't know about sad. I forget exactly what word he used, but he had clearly upset about being traded to the Hornets away from the situation that was going to the postseason and contending for NBA titles, getting to the NBA finals, and at least even just getting to the playoffs, winning a series. And now you have to come to the Charlotte Hornets. Now, I don't expect them to play a minute, but Kyle Lowry having to get traded to the Charlotte Hornets, it's making him upset. <laughs> and while Terry could be nostalgic, as Mitch Kupchak talked about, on his time with Charlotte, we all know he's excited. I'm excited for him. I mean, they just got destroyed by the Boston Celtics by 30 at home. I get that. But he's still going to be playing some meaningful basketball. And so those were some of the stories I wanted to share on Terry Rozier and just how much I understand it. Getting that first-round pick, lottery protected 27, dropping 14 spots to a completely unprotected first-round pick in 2028, that's valuable. And if Terry gets to go to Miami, his preferred destination, and you get a first-round pick, maybe it's not because the Hornets really wanted to do him a solid. Maybe it's not because the Hornets really had Terry's best interest in heart. I, I, We can be realistic enough. Maybe you can call it cynical. We could also just call it realistic that the Hornets were shopping him for the best possible package in return. But maybe there was a little bit of, hey, thank you, Terry. You can go down to Miami where you wanted to play, and we're not going to explore anymore with the New York Knicks. I mean, think about it. It's a long time before you get to the trade deadline, right? It's February 8th, something like that. And so if they really wanted to squeeze Terry for all he was worth, then you might just wait until you got to the deadline. But they didn't do it. So maybe this is something different. Maybe this reputation is starting to change just a little bit where ownership starting to take this different direction, trading some of the players they feel necessary to do so, but also while they're doing it, not trying to squeeze them for all their value just so they can get the best package in return, which maybe they should be doing, to be honest with you, but just to do some kind of damage control, they trade Terry, like what, two and a half weeks before the deadline. Maybe there's a new direction for this franchise. Speaking of ownership, coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast, I did want to speak to how much Gabe Plotkin and Rich Schnall were involved. Jake Fisher had some comments on that on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Before we get to that, I did want to mention eBay Motors. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with the Locked On Fantasy Basketball host, Josh Lloyd, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. GG Jackson, I think maybe he picked GG last week, but GG's up here again. Memphis needs shot creation. GG can do it. He's shown flashes. He should be someone's man, someone managers can look to grab to see how Memphis deploys. And then Mason Plumley's on here again. Maybe this is just the same one, but go ahead and pick these guys up. Mason Plumley, the new starter for at least four weeks for the Clippers. Plumley can be a serviceable center for your fantasy team while we wait for Zubots to return. So we appreciate Josh Lloyd from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball helping you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts, 
For your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you get your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, you're not burning cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. I did want to speak a little more to Gabe Plotkin and Rich Schnall. Rich Schnob. That's what we call him here on Locked On. Rich Schnob. How involved are they? Well, I asked Jake Fisher that on Wesson Walker. With Mitch Kupchak sending this message out, that's been reported by Adrian Wojnarowski, it's been reported by Jake Fisher, that the Hornets' message is, we're open for business. And we're open for business in a way that we have not been, to say the least, (laughs) at previous NBA trade deadlines. So now that they're open for business, that doesn't seem very Mitch Kupchak-like. And when I asked Jake how much of this was at the direction of the ownership group, and he said, yeah, they're very involved. And Jake also discussed how this has been not a full season worth of work for them, but a full calendar year, right? They have been asking a lot of questions. They've been sitting back and they've been learning. This is all according to Jake, right? That they've been sitting back and they've been learning about the processes of leading an NBA franchise. Where Rick Schnall does have this experience to a certain degree, having been a minority owner within the Hawks organization, Gabe Plotkin, not so much, but it's a different role now. You have Schnall running things with the most control the first five years, and then with this weird setup they have, Plotkin will take over for the next five years, but these two will be acting as a partnership. And so over the last calendar year, according to Jake Fisher, they have been sitting back taking notes, trying to figure out the best way to lead this franchise, and also learn more about Mitch Kupchak, learn more about Steve Clifford, what to do with the players on the roster. And the other thing that they really want to do is create more cap space. And they want to have as much flexibility as possible. And Jake did tell you it's a little bit why they brought Kyle Lowry back in return rather than maybe exploring a little more of what Terry Rozier could have been worth out there on the open market. Maybe you do take on a worse contract. Maybe you do, on top of that worse contract, take more future assets, whatever. But they decided that they did want an expiring deal like Kyle Lowry, who's going to be off of the books, and hopefully they can even trade him before they have to decide whether they're going to buy him out or if he's actually going to suit up for the Hornets for the rest of this season. But I'm sure they would love to trade him for future assets and not take back any more money. I'm sure that's what they would love to do. And so if they have all this flexibility and that's their main objective, then what are they going to spend it on? Like I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous about having all this cap space, right? There are so many times where maybe a Brian Windhorst or a Bobby Marks will tell you sometimes it's a misnomer that cap, set, cap space is a really good thing. It's always tough to grasp that idea. Like, of course, flexibility is a good thing. Of of course, it's nice to be able to have a ton of different options and you're not painting yourself into a corner. You're not trapped anywhere. That's good. And we've seen way too many times where the Hornets have been trapped. But it's also how you get trapped, right? Like having all of this cap space is the best way to paint yourself in a corner. The more you have 
then the more you might just be a little crazy spending that money on players that their play on the court don't really deserve. And I do wonder when Jake says all of this cap space, it, the NBA used to not think that they were going to get Miles Bridges back. They used to think that it was a foregone conclusion that he was just going to go to a different team with everything that had happened. And I understand that. But now you think about no more Terry on the books. Like that's a big deal, right? No more of the over $20 million a year on your payroll. So you get rid of that contract. You know, Kyle Lowry, it's the same, right? So Kyle Lowry is no longer on the books. We know about Gordon Hayward's money. That's not going to be here anymore. So now you're talking about over $50 million in cap space, not to mention Miles Bridges on the eight-year qualifying offer. And so if he does leave, then you're talking about $60 million in cap space. And if you've listened to a lot of national NBA podcasts, they're quick to tell you this is not a deep free agency pool. I do wonder if... This not being a deep free agency pool means that other NBA teams might be looking to save their cap space for the next year when you might have more options in free agency. And maybe this is the time for the Charlotte Hornets to pounce. Like one of the ideas that you could take away is, well, let's just do what Houston did. Let's overpay for Fred Van Vliet, for Dylan Brooks. Those guys can bring some culture. We just need grown-ups. We need gritty players. We need dudes that know how to play basketball really well. And a fringe all-star in Van Vliet, but still not worth the money that he got paid to most people. But now the Houston Rockets, they've improved so much after Jalen Green hasn't taken that leap that we've wanted him to see. Alperen Shingun certainly has, and you still have a top three pick in Jabari Smith, and you also have the grown-ups on the roster. So is there a Houston Rockets page to take away from that book and then apply it here? Do you go and you pay some of the other free agents that other teams don't want to pay a lot of money and then you bring them here and then maybe not undergo a Houston Rockets type of transformation, but still a pretty good one? Like that would be great, but I don't know if I want to spend that much money that also traps us from getting the next guy. And maybe that's a problem with my own way of thinking, right? Maybe I, I need to stop hoping and waiting for the next guy and just go ahead and make the moves that will help this team right now. Because if they do get those glue pieces that you pay just a little too much for, at least you do have Brandon Miller on a rookie contract for a while. And Brandon Miller is already clearly one of your better players. I'm a little scared about what is in store for Mark Williams with this back injury continuing and we never get good news on it. But if Mark Williams comes back, then he's also on a rookie scale contract, and that's going to help them too. So they've got some cap space that they're going to work with. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing because that is how you do get trapped. That is how you lock yourself in the closet. But maybe, maybe they make the right decisions, and not only are you not trapped, but now you're playing with your friends that are in the NBA playoffs. <laughs> I mean, it'd be fantastic to see all of that. And so it'll be interesting to see with new ownership reportedly involved heavily. This is their time that they're going to put their stamp on the organization. This is where we see their imprint, not just through the stadium updates, not just through the renovations, but also this is the real on-court product 
imprint that they're putting on the uh, organization. And we'll see with P.J. Washington, very tradable. Nick Richards, Jake Fisher did say lots of teams, like most of the teams in the league. He was saying over half the league would be interested in Nick Richards for a second-string big guy who is at a highly tradable contract. That'll be interesting. So we'll see what else is still to come for this Hornets season. Coming up next on this Lockdown Hornets podcast, I did want to continue with some of that conversation and maybe discuss some of the guys that also could return, maybe discuss a little more of the most tradable players still left on the roster. But before we do that, I did want to mention that this episode is brought to you by Grammarly. When it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you from start to finish. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology you can trust to help you across all the places where you write the most. And now Grammarly helps you do even more. With one click, you can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with suggestions based on your context and your goals so you can improve productivity for you and your teams. Speaking of Grammarly, if you have a big presentation coming up, this is where you can go. Let Grammarly create a personalized outline to get you organized so you can transform your ideas into a compelling presentation. And if you need to draft an important email and you don't know where to start, Grammarly has suggestions to jumpstart your writing. And the best part is that it's free to use. Start being more productive at work. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y, grammar, and then L-Y at the end. Grammarly.com slash podcast, and they can help you um, be more productive at work in a lot of different ways. All right, I did want to discuss a little bit more about LaMelo Ball as well because we got the starters announced tonight by TNT for the All-Star game. And LaMelo Ball's not there. It's not breaking news. I don't think anybody expected him to be there. But we do know that LaMelo was in the top 10 voting for the backcourt players in the Eastern Conference. And we are going to see on Thursday, I think, the rest of the reserves announced. And it looks like there's about four chances that LaMelo could be voted in, even though we don't really expect it, right? You still have some of these backcourt players like Donovan Mitchell, who wasn't a starter. It was Tyrese Halliburton, and it was Damian Lillard mentioned as the starters in the East. But Donovan Mitchell has been playing a lot better here recently. And hello, he's Donovan Mitchell. You also have Jalen Brunson, who's been playing very well. You have to imagine a Tyrese Maxey is also going to be there. And it's going to be tough for LaMelo to even sneak in with a healthy record, like or with a healthy resume this season. Like I, I do wonder if LaMelo was healthy and he was playing like he was at the beginning of the season, would it be a slam dunk that he would get in over a lot of these other backcourt players? Like I actually think he would because how popular he is and also just how well he was playing. But it really does go to show you the, the guard position in the Eastern Conference and the West, but Eastern Conference too, it's really hard to crack, especially when you have some of these emerging guys like a Tyrese Maxey playing so well for the Philadelphia 76ers. And so with LaMelo hopefully being your all-star next year and years beyond that, it, it would be awesome to see him continue to get that experience and get that recognition but the health just hasn't given him that this year. The ankles have not allowed him to receive the all-star recognition that he probably would have received 
And that would have been alongside the best guards in the Eastern Conference, too. Like, this was a hard all-star team to make, and I think LaMelo would have done it had he continued to play the way he did at the beginning of the season. But now it's just so tough to get into a rhythm. Like, you can see, when he comes back from injury, there's some rust, and then he figures it out after, what, five, six, seven games, just like he did at the beginning of the season. But is he going to be able to play more than 15 games? That's the real question. And the other thing that he misses out on, too, is LaMelo wasn't picked to even have a shot at playing for Team USA this year. And that's really frustrating. Over 40 players picked. Guys like your Tyrese Halliburton's. Guys like, you know, tons of guards that will get a shot that LaMelo doesn't get. And this is what's frustrating about the injuries that he's, you know, been plagued with. It's Now it's starting to take some accolades away from him. And this happens to a lot of different players, but you still hate to see it happen to somebody that matters so much to your team. So now we're seeing the injuries to take away a potential shot in an all-star game last year. He played 36 games. So it takes away that potential chance. Takes away an all-star appearance here. Two all-star appearances? You know, Him making it his second season, it was like, okay, this guy's ready. You know, rookie of the year, all-star, you know, ceiling is the roof. <laughs> like, this guy's going to go everywhere. And then the next couple of years, because he's injured, he doesn't get a chance to go to these all-star games. Well, and now, like, I- I've just heard so many people talk about how beneficial it is for some of these really good young players to even just get the experience with Team USA. Not, And I'm not even trying to say if you make it to the final 12 roster and actually play for the gold medal, I'm not even telling you that it matters only if you make the final 12. It does seem like just playing for Team USA, not even during the Olympics, just trying out or playing with Team USA in other tournaments, it matters for these players who get really competitive. They develop relationships with these other players. It's, it also helps them free agency a little bit if guys are free and there to be had and if Charlotte needs some help getting a you know nice complimentary piece or a star and LaMelo just so happens to be here. like His style of play already is attractive to other players, I would imagine, let alone if he was able to build a relationship with them. But that's not going to happen. And I can't help but think, okay, well, if he had an all-star appearance last year and he had another all-star appearance this year, even had a shot at it, then you can't leave him off a top 40 list, essentially, right? Like you you gotta get some team USA experience. You gotta get a team USA invite. And I just I hope we stop here on the accolades and the opportunities being taken away from him. That's what I hope. Cause it's it sucks to see some of this stuff continue to go by while LaMelo is injured. I, I'm glad he got paid like two hundred million dollars. All right, we dodged that and they gave it to him immediately as they should have right from the get-go. I just hope that there are no more opportunities and awards and accolades taken away from them because that's how we measure players based off winning, stats, all that. But some of these other awards, this is how we measure players, where you rank on franchise list and where you rank just within the general NBA discussion. Hopefully, LaMelo can come back and stay healthy. He's here now. Hopefully we don't get too many other games that he misses unless he needs it. Just 
needs to play. Hopefully he's able to play and be healthy while doing so and then really go at it next year and beyond with whatever the team looks like. That'll do it for Locked On Hornets. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast, and that includes YouTube. Remember, you can catch me on Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. And Doug, I think he's going to join me on Monday, and you can check his Substack out, everyhornetsboxscore.com. Thanks again. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back with you on Monday.